Good to be here today. Good to see each one of you in our uh, our services, and certainly good to have visitors uh, with us uh, uh, this morning. Uh, good to have so many children. Wow, that's always exciting. Open your Bibles, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I want to read verses 25 through 29. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 25 through 29. The subject that I'd like for you to consider for a little while this morning is abilities God can use. Abilities God can use. This is just one of many places in uh, God's Word where we're admonished to serve Him and uh, to be faithful to Him, to honor Him with our lives. Let's read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 25 through 29. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For they escaped not he who refused him that spoke on earth. Much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying... Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this world yet once more signifieth and removing of those things that are shaken as of, those, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we're so thankful and grateful for this opportunity that you've given us to be in your house. We thank you for each one that has blessed us with their presence. We trust, Father, that they'll receive the things that they're seeking today. We know that you're an all-wise God, an all-present God, a God that knoweth all things. And you know the needs of each person here today. If it be salvation, if it be service, if it be comfort, whatever it might be, we pray, Father, that you might meet those needs according to your riches and glory. May you bless this time that we have together this side of eternity. That everything said and every decision made might magnify the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we ask all these things. Thank you. We all have different abilities which can be used in the service of God. However, I want to consider in this message some special abilities that God would require from each and every one of us as his uh, children. But there are some requirements that are necessary before we can use these abilities for the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the most important things is that we must be His children. In order to be His children, we must be born again. There are a number of places that says that we need to repent of our sins before a righteous and holy God. We need to commit our hearts to a righteous and holy God. 
And this is one of the things, and I, the most important thing, and uh, to say all that, you have to be saved. Folks, that's the most important decision anyone will ever make in this side of eternity, is that you trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. But there's something else. After you've been saved and washed in the blood of Jesus, as, as important as this is, but there's something else that we need to do and as, as an act of obedience to a righteous and holy God, and that is to follow the Lord in scriptural baptism. And when I say scriptural baptism, the only way it can be scriptural if they have the right candidate, and the right candidate is one that's been saved and washed in the blood of Jesus. And there's another way that it must be scriptural uh, baptism, and that's by immersion. That's the only way that we can uh, glorify Christ and uh, show his death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, by the complete immersion of an individual after that they're saved and follow, scripturally follow the Lord in, uh, in baptism. But then there's something else that we need to do, and that's to unite with his church, become a part of his uh, scripturally blood-bought New Testament church. And it is his church, he says in Ephesians 3 and 21, unto him... Be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. And when we look in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, uh, 25, we'll find that it's his church bought and paid for by the blood of our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. So there's some things that we need to do before we can use the abilities that God has uh, uh, given us to do those things. And when we meet those requirements, then those abilities that God has given us, we need to use to magnify our Lord and Savior, uh, uh, Jesus Christ. And the first uh, uh, ability that I would like for you to look at this morning is availability. Availability. And look with me, if you will, in verse 25 of uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Seek that you refuse not him that speaketh. God does speak to our hearts. You know that? Once, once we're born, uh, born again and we become new creatures in Christ, God changes our heart. And that, that's the very, we, we, don't, we can't serve God with the heart that we had. But when we're saved, then God changes our heart. And God gives us a new heart. And then we become new creatures in Christ Jesus, as said in first, second Timothy, second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. So the ability, the availability that we need to give in his service is so very important. Do we give ourselves to God? And, and first, listen, see that you refuse not him that speaketh. You know who he's talking about? The Lord Jesus Christ, folks. But he goes on to say a little bit more in that uh, verse of scripture that is so far. For if they escape not who refused him that spoke on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Who speaks to us but God himself from uh, heaven? And how does he speak to us? Through his word. God's holy writ is how God speaks to us. And listen, folks, God's word, the Bible, the infallible, the inspired word of God is what God uses us. Now, how do we communicate to him? We communicate to him through prayer. So make ourselves available by means of surrender. Now, listen, folks, when we look in Hebrews chapter, I mean, Isaiah chapter six, uh, verse eight, God asked a very important question. Very important question. He said, who will go for us? And that's the Trinity that's asking that question. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And this is a very important important question. Who will go for us? 
Now, Isaiah said, here am I, send me. He didn't say, here am I, send someone else. And that, that's our tendency sometimes to volunteer someone else real quick. If, if it comes up for a position to be filled, someone, I'll nominate this person. You know why they do it? Make sure they don't get it. I, I was at a district men's meeting and we was needing a moderator. One of the preachers stood up and said, I nominate Paul Cleveland. Then why did you do that? I asked him later. He said that way they wouldn't nominate me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, folks, sometimes we're quick to volunteer someone else. But Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. Availability to God's service. But also by means of surrender, but also by means of sacrifice. When you look in Hebrews, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I can't get Hebrews out of my mind. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So one of our availabilities is by means of surrender, but it's also by means of sacrifice. Do we really desire, with God's help, to please Him and to serve Him in whatever capacity is needed in this church and sometimes even in our home and sometimes in this community. And I'm very thankful that this church stood up during the time of Harvey and was recognized in this community and, and really around a lot of places all around this country was recognized for the work that you did for those people that was uh, flooding on behalf of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do we really desire with God's help to let Christ be uh, uh, God in our lives, the Lord of our lives, or do we rather, rather, really rather have it for all for ourselves instead of making it available, our lives available to Him? Now, listen. Isaiah said, "Here am I, send me." That's a commitment, folks, and that's a commitment that God wants from His people, His children. A commitment of sacrifice, surrender and then sacrifice. But there's something else, folks, that we need to see in, uh, in this by means of readiness. It says in Romans chapter 1, verse 15, So as much as in me as, he, as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Now, when we look, look in verse 25, look at that verse of Scripture once again. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. God is speaking to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. And when we refuse to make ourselves available to Him, then who are we, who are we really refusing? Who are we turning our back on? It's not me, folks. I'm just a man. But sometimes when we fail to make ourselves available to God's service, then re-refusing and rejecting the commission and the command of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. So there's a need to be uh, uh, available in his service by means of readiness. When he says Romans 1 and 15, listen to what Apostle Paul said. And he was one of 12 apostles uh, sent out by our Lord and Savior, uh, uh, Jesus Christ. He was one that on all obvious many reasons and many occasions said, I am the chiefest of sinners. And uh, uh, of all the people that he may have called into ministry, he said, I'm not qualified. 
But he made himself available uh, when God saved him. He said, here am I, send me. I will go for you. And this is what he said when you he, when he look in Romans uh, 1 and 15. So as much as in me is I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. We must make ourselves available to God. We must be willing to do whatever he wants us to do. We must be willing to serve him same way that Apostle Paul desired to serve him. The same way that Isaiah desired to serve him is the same way we have not changed God's. He's still the same. He's not moved, folks. We're the ones that move. So we need to make ourselves available to God. And I don't know what it is. That he has for you to do. But I know this. He didn't save us to sit on the sidelines. And I, 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 I know. Uh, I probably said this before. But one place when I was playing sports. I hated to be on the sidelines. I wanted to be where the action was at. I wanted to be on the field. And folks we need to be where the action is at. We need to be on the field in service to a righteous and holy God. So when we look at availability, look at the one that's speaking to us. Look at the one that through the Holy Spirit is directing us and leading us. And think about who we may be refusing to serve. Our Father in heaven and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. Then when we look at the the next uh, ability I want you to look at this morning is dependability. Dependability. Listen, folks. Can God depend on our faithfulness? Read with me, if you will, verse 26. Whose voice then shook the earth? But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. Y'all remember Moses when he was given the law on Mount Sinai. There was an earthquake at that particular time. And then at the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior, there was another uh, uh, major earthquake at that particular time. But listen, folks. How many of y'all work in Houston? Many of y'all work in Houston? Do y'all see what he says here? All those... Huge buildings that they've got in Houston and uh, Los Angeles and all these other places. Listen, folks, what did he say here in verse 26? Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. When God comes back in all of his glory, he'll shake not only the earth, but all of heaven, and all those huge buildings is going to collapse. Does that sound exciting if you're working down there? But listen, folks, when all that happens, if you're saved and washed in the blood of Jesus, you're not going to have to worry about that. I'll be gone. Because when the rapture takes place, we as his children will be taken out of this old world and will not be suffering the consequences of all those things. But listen, folks, we need dependability from God's people. Can God depend on our faithfulness in our word? When we look in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 4, I want you to listen to this, if you will. When thou vowest a vow unto God, 
defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Do you believe the God of this word keeps his word? Listen, folks. When I read something from this book, the Bible, there's some things that I may say, and I don't do it intentionally, just may not be so. But what we read from this book, the infallible, the inspired word of God, you can trust it because it's God's word, and you can depend on it. Maybe not me, but I trust the God that saved me. I trust the God that set me free from bondage and captivity of sin. I trust the God of this book, the infallible, the inspired word of God. And we can trust every single word that we find in the Bible. Every single word. And his word changes not. Man may change. God's word never changes and will never change. So he said, when thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it. Sometimes, folks, we make promises. And there's been times when I was in the ministry that, I, uh, uh, that I'd have to get up at 2 or 3 in the morning. And uh, uh, my daughter uh, remembers those days. And, uh, but when we have all the children at home, all the family at home, and I'd have to go out for some reason or, uh, or not. But I would tell her if she was awake, I said, I'll be back. I'll be back. And I remember her just smiling. But that was always important. And if we make a vow, even to our God. Last night I was laying in bed about 10, 15, and, and I could not. I could not get my grandson off my mind. I mean, it's just something there that I just could not get him off my mind. I got up out of bed and went to my office and I texted him. I said, Cody, are you okay? He said, yes, Grandpa, I'm fine. But isn't that amazing how things work like that? Listen, folks, do we make promises to God in an emotional moment and only forget them? I remember many years ago, this family I used to, to visit, and their son was always in and out of the hospital, and a very sickly young man. And they worshipped that man. They worshipped that boy. And I'd see him at the hospital, and I'd go see them. And one time, when he died, I went over to their house. And they said, Brother Cleveland, we'll not see you this Sunday, but we'll see you next Sunday. They was out of church at that time. But that next Sunday, they showed up. And they were there every Sunday up until they died. Making a vow, a promise to God, is very in our apartment, important. In our work, not only in our word, but in our work. In Acts chapter 20, verses 18 and 19, remember what he said. 
whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. Acts chapter 20, verse 18, he died. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know, not from the first day that I came unto Asia, Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. From the first day, from the first day, Apostle Paul said that I was with you. I did not neglect to share the whole counsel of God with you. Not one time can you accuse me of neglecting to share the whole counsel of God with you. And folks, that is so very important. When we look in 1 Corinthians 4 and 2, it says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Faithful. Oh, listen, folks. It's not me that you have to be faithful to. It's not Brother Daryl over there, Brother Robin, or Brother Paul. You know who we need to be faithful to? The Lord Jesus Christ. He's the creator. He's the savior. And he's the one that's going to come one of these days and take us out of this whole, this world. One of these days, he's going to come back. Listen, folks, we need to be found faithful in our witness also. Dependable. He says in Acts 20, 21, and 27. Now, how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Listen, folks, we need to use make ourselves available for God's service. We need to make Him first in our lives. Is that easy to do? No. That is so difficult. So difficult. That's why we have these verses of Scripture that challenges us as his children, that challenges us to understand the leadership of God's Holy Spirit in our life. Listen, folks, there's something else that we uh, need to understand. We need stickability. Stickability. Look in verse 28. For four, we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Stickability. Are we willing to keep on going? Even when things get difficult? Are we willing to do that? The Lord Jesus was, and that's what Apostle Paul is saying here in these uh, verses of Scripture. That he was willing to stick with them. 
He was willing to go with them. He was willing to stand by their side. All he asked is that you be faithful to the God that I preached unto you. That you be faithful to your Savior. And you be faithful to the leadership of God's Holy Spirit. That's all he asked of us. And that's what Apostle Paul challenged him. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Stickability in our service. Listen to what he said. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not, I love this, in vain in the Lord. All that you do for Him is not in vain. All that you do does not go unnoticed. By our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I have a neighbor that's a couple of houses down from me. And when I mow and weed ate our yard, I always do part of her yard also. And she is over at our house one day and she said something about, said, Mr. Cleveland, what you do for me does not go unnoticed. We may not say anything, but we notice what you do for our house. But listen, God knows what we're doing for Him. You understand that? God knows about our life. God knows about the sacrifices that we're making for Him. It does not go and notice that our labor of love is not in vain. God knows about everything. Do we let setbacks or problems cause us to give up? Oh, listen, folks. Someone's always got something negative to say. And I know sometimes, and I've heard a lot of people say this in the uh, uh, past about gossiping. You always have that. But it ought to be so among God's people. Ought to be so. Ought to be able to find something good to say about anybody. And I know that Probably have a hard time finding something good to say about me, but we need to real try. (laughs) Don't let setbacks or problems cause us to quit. Folks, listen. We can't win when we quit. We can't win when we give up. Don't give up on your neighbor or, or your friends or your relatives. They, well, they rejected me and they said no all the time. So what? Call them again. Go see them again. Talk to them again. Isn't it exciting to know? And I, I rejoiced in the fact that my God didn't give up on me. You have any idea how many people come to my house and was praying for me? They didn't give up. Nor should we give up. Stickability. In our suffering, it says First Peter. I want you to look at that. First Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4. I want to read verses 12 and 13. Beloved. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you, as though some strange things happen unto you. 
but rejoice. Inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also exceeding joy. If we re- if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you to make their part he has even spoken of. But on your part, he is glorified. Then I want you to notice verse 16 through 19 as well. Yet, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall there be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and a sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Oh, listen, folks. You may be rejected at times for the message that you deliver to a lost and dying world. But remember this. God is aware of everything that you're doing. And they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting him. So there's really no place for us to give up in our service to a righteous and holy God. But we need to be straightforward in our thinking. Look in Philippians 3 and 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Forget the past. The past is the past. And that's what the Lord Jesus is telling us. Oh, listen, folks. There are a lot of people that may know and remember about your past. But it doesn't matter. Because the one that cares, the one that loves you, the one that really matters, he has washed your sins away and blotted them out. Forgiven you as far as the east is from the west. That's my God. That's my Savior. And He cares about you. Don't linger on the past because it will destroy you. Look for the future because there's something better that God has for you. That's the kind of God that we have. Listen, folks, last but not least, usability. Our lips should be his. Look in verse 28 and 29. Wherefore, we receive in a kingdom which cannot, which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For God is a consuming fire. Our lips should be his. Our life should be his. Our legacy should be his. Everything, everything about our past, everything about our future, 
Everything that's going on at Unity Missionary Baptist Church, everything that's going on in your life, your family's life, should be His and about Him. He's the one. He's the author of this book. His Son is the one that gave His life for you. His Son is the one that shed His blood on the cross at Calvary for the redemption of all mankind. And it's free, no charge. I serve a great and awesome God. And He cares about you. People might say, nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. Oh, listen. My God. The author of this book, he loves you. He cares about you. And everything that's going on in your life, he cares. I called him, a church member over in Alvin last night. His wife was having some pretty serious surgery. And it's amazing. Now something so serious can all of a sudden become so minor. Not like that. Not minor, but not as bad as it could have been. It's exciting that we serve an awesome God, folks. God hears the prayers of His people. Amen. God cares about His people. Does that mean He heals everybody and everything? No. God is able to. But we need to accept his plan and his will. But I know this, folks. He's got a plan for you. And he cares about you. So this morning as we stand and Brother Don comes and, and Karen, what is it? What is it that God wants you to do?